Rocket from Russia. Every Tuesday, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m., Rocket from Russia is aired on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, or CITR.ca, anywhere where internet is paid for. On the show, I play new, local and international punk rock, and I also do interviews with members of punk bands and people from the punk rock scene. If you'd like to check out the previous interviews, episodes of Rocket from Russia, and the list of upcoming shows in Vancouver, head down to my blog, rocketfromrussia.tumblr.com. Great success! All right, so I'm Jacob. We're here with um, Nick from The Good and Everyone um, on BVP Radio. This is uh, CITR 101.9 FM, uh, UBC's premier radio station. Um, how are you today? Doing pretty good. <laughs> Getting nice. ready for our show tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you guys have a – your tour kicks off, right, tomorrow? Um, yeah, so we have our, our first show at the Fox tomorrow, um, I guess – Technically, it's the first show of tour um, with our tour mates, Aaliyah Ray and Dante Haddon and Alexandria Mayo. And, um, yeah, it shows it. The first band will be on. It's Dante at 8.30. So oh, cool. Fun. Nice, yeah. So, um, yeah, so are you... Um, so where are you touring across Canada? Are you going through uh, the whole country or towards yeah. Alberta? Or? We're going all the way to Montreal and back. So we're hitting... Pretty well, all of the big cities were. First, we're playing Banff um, mostly because it's midway between, well, not quite midway, but it gives us a good chunk before we get to Edmonton the next day, and then Edmonton to Calgary, Saskatoon, yeah, all the way through Ontario. That trek through northern Ontario was going to be a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a slog, but um, yeah, we're playing Sudbury and Thunder Bay, so hopefully, th- those shows look like they're going to be a lot of fun. Nice, yeah. So this is the first time you guys have gone on this kind of tour as a band, or is it... Because I know you guys aren't that like yeah. old. Of, like, you guys were formed fairly recently. This uh. project is... Uh, we've been playing together for four or five years in different projects, but um, this project is... I mean, our, our first show that we played in this incarnation was last July, so technically, in terms of gigging, we're less than a year old. Uh, we mm, wow. went to Calgary and back in the fall, and our previous project has been across western Canada but never we've never made it past Winnipeg and <laughs> hmm. done the long trek through the Canadian Shield before. So, <laughs> so going back east will be new then. Yeah, and most of us have never been to Montreal, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Are you looking forward to that section of the tour? Like Yeah, I think that's the I mean I love playing shows in Western Canada, especially in Alberta, like we always get good crowds and people are incredibly receptive and Calgary and Edmonton have interesting music scenes, but um It'll be fun to get to the GTA and just feel like you're in the middle of everything for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, so The Good and Everyone released their debut um, EP. Um, that was last April? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, Could you tell us a bit about the process behind that? or the? Uh, so we recorded it the year before, actually. Um, before I went away for the summer and the idea was just to get it down (laughs) so that we had something when I got back to promote ourselves. It ended up taking a long time to get mixed and finished off and there were 
complications, but it, we, it, we recorded it in 48 hours. Oh, wow. And most of it was just done in one or two takes, all of the different tracks. So um, it was pretty quick. It, we, we were happy when we got it back. They were like, yeah, this is actually really usable. Paul, who we recorded it with, did a good job of making the most of the tracks that we'd given him. And, um, yeah, initially we were like, we could just use this as a demo if it doesn't turn out well, but we turned it into a full release because we liked how it sounded. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a good album. I was listening to it earlier, and, yeah, I enjoy it. Um, so you guys have been doing videos for the album too, right? Yeah, well, we've done some videos with... Uh, we're still waiting on the final colorizing to, to get finished, but um, we recorded uh, a couple of videos with... Big Smoke Records and a few other few of our friends at the farm at Fader Mountain last year, and those are sort of getting the finishing touches done. Um, oh, yeah. so they've been having the finishing touches done for a little while, <laughs> but um, they'll, they'll be done this summer, and we're excited about those. It's there's like a new song or two in there too. So <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Um, did you you put out a video for? I noticed there was one for Shambolic. I think it was on. Yeah, that one's that one's sort of the the first of the of the series and we thought we'd put it out and we had we needed to have one of them done so that we could um apply to festivals and stuff this summer too so getting that one done was good and getting it out online was oh, okay. important <laughs> how has the process been applying for festivals which ones did you guys sort of um, look into so far uh, we, we haven't really we didn't apply to too many this summer just because our tour encompasses the period of time when a lot of festivals are happening mm. um so we're still waiting to hear back from most of them later in the summer that we applied for. Unfortunately, like Sled Island is a week after we get back, so we, I didn't even bother applying <laughs> to it because just getting everybody who's broke after tour to be like, hey, let's go on a 12-hour <laughs> car ride to Calgary to play like a couple of shows is not really... I mean, we'd love to play, but it would, it's not really easy to get people together after a tour like that, so... Yeah. All right, cool. So um, why don't we actually play Shambolic right now um, from the good in everyone? Um... Yeah, it's from their self-titled debut EP. Um, all right, here's Shambolic.
All right, cool. So that was uh, Shambolic by The Good in Everyone. Um, we have Nick from The Good in Everyone here with us. Um, why don't you tell us a bit about like your background coming into The Good in Everyone? You talked about you were in other projects. What was like the path musically to like come to where you are with this band and this release and everything? So with this band, um, uh, we were all, actually everyone in this band currently, aside from our bassist Luke, who um, has been, he and his twin brother have been my best friends since I was like four years old. And we've been playing music together since we were you know, 12. Um, the rest of us played together in a band called Mercy Years, um, which broke up a couple of years ago. And this sort of, this band was spawned from that. Um, and I, I play in Jameson, our drummer's solo project. And I played in our other guitarist Ben's other project. And we just sort of have an incestuous, very small group of people that seem to be involved in everything that one another <laughs> does. Yeah. Um, so this project was just, I guess, sort of the next step after Mercy Years. Uh, Mercy Years had two different songwriters, and we started to diverge in a number of ways, and I think it just made sense for us to form two separate projects. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so The Good and Everyone is sort of a lot more, um, it's a lot more influences from sort of there are more classic rock influences there are more sort of 90s indie rock influences um, at least in terms of the guitars mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I guess I think that the in terms of writing music we just really wanted to have a philosophy that was collaborative and that um, instead of trying to shape what everybody else does in terms of what they bring to the song just sort of letting everybody else everybody decide for themselves because everyone in the band has a long musical background that stretches until I mean they were like little kids and everyone's played multiple instruments and has such diverse influences that sort of clamping down on on their input would I think take a lot away from the music so Hmm. Um, what are some particular bands uh, that you might have drawn as influences for um well, I, I guess the ones that we've been saying lately <laughs> um, are, uh, I guess, Broken Social Scene, Yola Tango, and Sloan. I think that those influences come through clearer live, mm-hmm. where we're quite a bit bigger sounding than we are on the record. I mean, it's still crisp sounding, but in terms of the the, the, the melodies and counter melodies supplied by the guitars are a lot more prominent, just and the drums as well. Um, and obviously, like, the vocals are mixed differently live, and so the feel is very different. And I think that those sort of, um, <laughs> I don't know, like a, a jammier sound mm-hmm. with a jammier, bigger sound with sort of more driving guitars and drums is what you would expect live. And I think that that's where those other three bands sort of come in in terms of influences. Okay, that's interesting. Um, maybe I'll play. I'll play a song from one of those I'll play Broken Social Scene <laughs> sounds good is there any song that you would particularly um, that comes to mind that I guess I don't know Cause Equals Time it's a pretty long song Let's, or we could also do uh, let's go with Cause Equals Time okay. <laughs> alright so here's a Broken Social Scene Cause Equals Time
Alright, so that was uh, Cause Equals Time by The Broken Social Scene. Um, yeah, so we have uh, Nick here from The Good in Everyone. Um, yeah, so what, what sort of what what is your opinion on like the the local Vancouver scene and how like doing something like this going on college radio, like do you guys use college radio to get like, you know, involved in like sort of center of the local scene or like... Yeah, um, definitely and like we weird strong supporters of well CITR and CJSF up at SFU um, both both programs have been super helpful to us in terms of getting airplay and helping promote shows and um, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun coming on shows and getting to meet people who are closely connected to the local scene and genuinely interested in finding new music um, especially because it's so hard to f- like just not, not, it's not just a Vancouver thing. I think it's just that um, everything musically is so saturated that getting pe- finding people who want to find new music that they like is very difficult. Like, it's hard enough. Like the the problem I I see isn't getting people to like your band. 
it's convincing people to listen to your band. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, there are so many musicians, and there's so many good musicians, that you only have so much time to invest as a music listener. And often with a lot of projects that, that you're listening to, you don't like them on the first listen, or you don't get it, or you want to spend more time with it. And if you take it seriously, like, all of a sudden... You, you can't check out a hundred bands seriously over the course of a few months because mm-hmm. you need to give each of them some time. And so the problem then becomes convincing people to listen to you. And I think that um, college radio is a great place for that. Local music blogs are great because everybody who is involved with them by necessity is interested in finding new music. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to, like, have a listener appreciate your music based on just, like, the skill or, like, the sound, but, like, having yeah. another thing to, like, have a fan that will, like, come out and see you. Exactly. And, you know? Yeah, and I guess it's all about, like, making those connections, like, personally, you know? And yeah, and that's the thing that I found is that um, uh, the most effective thing to do is to initiate conversations with other musicians and with people who write about music and do on-air stuff about music and engage them before you even to start discussing your music and if you can discuss what they're doing and if you can discuss how you feel about it um, it no longer becomes just like hey listen to my band it's like hey I am genuinely interested in this and what you're doing um, and I'm doing this and like we could do something sometime it, there are a lot of I mean when you go on Twitter and you follow a band and they're like like us on Facebook you get yeah. an auto response and like like us on Facebook, do this, listen to us here. It's really not, there's, it's not personal. It feels like it's being pushed upon you. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, when you're in the beginning stages, music is about making connections and about meeting people who you like and who may not even share the same musical interests as you, but who are interested in sharing your music Mm -hmm. because that's what they do. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a thing with social media. It's like sometimes you really feel like you're being spammed. Like they don't really care about you as a listener. They just want someone to hear, you know. Whereas like what you were saying, going out and like talking to people, speaking to them in person, like makes you feel like the band is interested, or the members of the band, or the musician is like they're interested in you as like a listener. And no, like, you want to be more interested, you know? So exactly. And also with yeah. a project like the Blank Vinyl Project, it's like yeah, that's exactly what it's about too. Is that you want to actually have listeners connect to music. It's not about, and I, I, I don't know. It's it's very it's frustrating as musicians sometimes because you feel like you get pigeonholed because there's such a wash of people who are constantly spamming about their yeah. music online, and you don't want to get lumped in with them. But at the same time, it's kind of like an arms race in the sense that if they're all doing this and they're accumulating sort of cheap social media cred, then you don't want to lag behind too. So it, it's a balancing act. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, um, about your, uh, self-titled EP, The Good in Everyone, um, what, what, why did you decide to have, like, a free download as an option for your, for your, uh, release? So for the first year, it was up there as $4, um, actually, and, um, at the one year mark, uh, we decided to make it pay what you want, Mm -hmm. um, mostly, honestly, to help to promote for our tour, um, I'm not sure if it will be that way for eternity, although we we announced that it would be. Also, because we're sort of switching gears and looking towards the next record, 
that we're going to record. Um, and as as we found, very few people were paying four dollars. Mm-hmm. Everybody who was paying for it and wanted to support us paid ten to fifteen dollars. So lowering the barrier, I don't think will act like from our perspective, a band where we are, I don't think is actually going to reduce the amount of revenue that we're making from the record because as I said, people who want to support us end up coming to shows, they end up paying for the record online, they end up buying a physical copy and um, it it's better, I'd prefer that people have it in their music library um, than not <laughs> at this point after a year it's like, yeah, if somebody's going to buy it, they probably would have bought it already <laughs> yeah yeah, and um, yeah, so that's that's what I've like it, it was the whole. I mean, how much money did Radiohead make on that record? That they make on In Rainbows when they released it online. I think that when people say, "Oh, well, it's you're cheapening your music by letting it be available for free," it's like, well, you're also adding an impediment to people who might not necessarily have five dollars to spend on every record that they want. And I can relate to that, being somebody who is about to go on tour and has saved all of my money from the last six months to go on tour. I've bought maybe two records in the last three months, and I usually buy tons of records, which has sucked for me because I don't like not buying music, but at the same time, I'm not being exposed to any new music because I don't like downloading it and can't get it on my iPod, and it's just like, honestly, people who want it and want to buy it seem to be paying for it anyway, so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting what you say about that with the like the core supporters are going to pay right like yeah. a pretty high amount anyways um but yeah the good and everyone like the ep is available right now you can name your price you get that option so something to something <laughs> to think about yeah so um the, the art the album art too kind of caught my eye could you uh, maybe elaborate on that um, so the the album art um the the album art i really like and it was done by my girlfriend uh, Lauren Carr, who does illustration for bands in Vancouver. If anybody wants to contact her, um, it's Lauren Carr Illustration on Facebook, and she has a website as well. Um, yeah, she's a watercolor artist primarily, and we actually met because she met our uh, keyboardist Laura at her place of work, and they hit it off, and Laura found out that Lauren was an artist and then we all met and yeah we started dating about two weeks after oh, that nice so she's done basically all of our artwork all of our posters etc um she well she didn't do our tour poster she provided the watercolor painting for it but she didn't actually design the poster um yeah so we were really stoked about that and uh it's nice being. It's nice dating somebody who's super talented and is willing to lend her talents to everything that we do. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Let's play another song from the EP. Um, I'll go with. Let's go with um, Manning Park. It's the first song, the opening song on the EP. Um, so this is Manning Park by the Good and Everyone. Your my favorite 
This is my life. I I wake up in the morning, I eat, I sleep, I shit. Breakfast with the Browns. So whatever it is, but I never shut it off for five minutes. I can't wait to impress my friends with my astounding knowledge of cool. Join your favorite Brownsters and tune in and listen to the best selection of down-tempo electro-pop lounge core. Strictly Squaresville. Remember. Subtle. Basic. Brown. Breakfast with the Browns. On CITR 101.9 FM. Every Monday morning. Uh, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. The older I get, the more life starts to make sense. Alright, cool. So, um, the song we just heard before that uh, promo was... Manning Park by The Good and Everyone. We're here with Nick from The Good and Everyone. Um, they're about to depart on a tour, Canadian tour. Um, could you tell us any like? Um, you apparently you you know Shad and there was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> could you tell us the story behind uh, his? Uh, so uh, long long story is that or long story short is that uh, our drummer Jameson is pretty good friends with Shad and we might be taking his minivan on tour <laughs> which will be a fun thing to talk about on stage I'm sure um, yeah so I guess yeah he's in Toronto and uh, his van is still here so <laughs> as we all know he's filling in for well he's the new host of the queue um, taking over for he who shall not be named <laughs> um, yeah, that's a cool hookup. He's come to a number of little house shows that I've played with our drummer, Jameson. Um, and, yeah, he's just a pretty all-around awesome dude. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Please give us your van. <laughs> Shout out if you're listening. Give them your van. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So, um, what about some of the guests you're bringing? Uh, you mentioned Dante had, and I, I know he... Is he a student here? I feel like I'm, he might be. I'm actually not sure if Dante is a student here. Um, I don't know him too well. Uh, Aaliyah and company are, are the ones who know Dante and Alexandria a little better than we do. Um, I, I think Alexandria is just coming back from a tour. I'm not sure uh, what's up in terms of her musical future. But Dante, yeah, Dante will be, will be opening at the show and um, should be... I, I believe he's, yeah, he's playing a solo set and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. People should show up early because <laughs> the show starts at 8.30 and he should be on right at or just after 8.30. We're trying to cram in everything before 11.30 so that people who have work on Friday don't have to, uh, don't have to jet home before the last set. Um, but, yeah, no, both Dante... Dante's most recent release was awesome, and Alexandria has been working on her new record for a while now, and I'm excited to hear it. I saw her live a while ago, and I'm sure there was some material there that will be on the new record, and so that's really interesting for us to to hear. Hopefully we... I'm sure they'll be super well-practiced at the end of tour, too. I love seeing bands after, like, a few days after they get back from tour when they've had a chance to relax a little bit because being on tour just makes you so much tighter <laughs> yeah yeah that's true um yeah so what about uh, your future plans for the good and everyone you mentioned uh maybe a second or an upcoming release yeah. at some point what are, you, or what are so, your plans for the future i think the plan is when we get back in the summer um 
we'll mostly we'll, we're playing a few shows. We've got another show at the Fox scheduled for August. Those were part of a Vancouver compilation, um, also with Big Smoke Records. Big Smoke being the record, company, oh my friend's record label that um, is doing that video series with us, and that's with Aaliyah Ray's also on the <coughs> on the compilation. Other bands, who else? Um, Reef Shark, Dead Soft, a number of others. So that should be a fun show. Um, and I think largely we'll be writing, and the plan is to hopefully record a full length in the fall um, once we've saved up enough funds to do so. Uh, <clears throat> and <clears throat> that's a really exciting prospect, as I said. When we recorded our debut EP, we only had 48 hours to do it, and so having a whole bunch of time in studio will be a huge luxury, especially given how much Ben and I like to work on our guitar parts and and um, how precise we like to have some of the harmonies, which we... I mean, I think we, we really enjoyed getting it done before, but it was really just... We felt like we were getting it done as opposed to recording a record, <laughs> <laughs> which is a different feeling. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you sort of look to expand going into the second one from what you did with the first? So, like, what do you look to, like, progress or maybe change for in terms of, like, sonically or... So I think that uh, the first record, just by virtue of the time that we had to do it um, and the instruments we had at the time, yeah. um, it sounds a little flatter in yeah. terms of... Uh, just in terms of uh, dynamics and um, just in terms of the way that the, the music and the instruments fit together. And I think that we want it to sound more expansive. We want to... Uh, I, I think that that EP was, like I said, we wanted to get it out. We wanted to have some good, enticing pop songs on it. But with a full length, um, you have more of an opportunity to make your point musically. And we're more interested in hey, getting the instrumentals more prominent at times and really focusing on nailing all the vocals and making them sound the way we want to. Um, I think that. Like I said, the influences of bands like Broken Social Scene and Yola Tango will be more obvious, and because there are more songs, will probably be there, there'll be a, a wider variety too. Um, those are the four that we had ready at the time, whereas now we have a few that definitely clock in at fewer BPM and a few at higher BPM than the than the ones that we recorded on the record, which were all I mean. They're all sort of mid-tempo rock songs for the most part. Mm. Okay, cool, yeah. I mean, I like listening to your EP, I couldn't tell it was recorded in 48 hours. <laughs> definitely doesn't sound like it. I think that's the reason we decided to put it out. We got it back from Paul, who did a really good job of mixing it and making sure everything sounded crisp, and um, Brock McFarlane, who mastered it, and we were like, hey, this doesn't sound like a demo. It actually sounds like an EP. So, <laughs> so it was like a pleasant surprise. It was a very pleasant surprise. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Aaliyah Ray earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, they're the band that we're going on tour with. Um, they've been super awesome in terms of helping us book everything. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they have a sound that in a number of ways is very different from us, but their approach, I think, is similar in the sense that um, they construct good songs, and they're all 
talented musicians who really like to work together and get one another's opinion before they make any decisions. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we appreciate one another's music a lot. And it's hard sometimes when you're both trying to find your way in a scene if you don't have people you know well and people to sort of um, team up with to do things. And um, from early on, we got along with them really well, and it just seemed like a good partnership. So. Cool, yeah. So I just maybe I'll play some Ali yeah. Ray um, from Flies and Lancaster. Uh, it was released on July 2014. Um, okay, so this is Ali Ray Flies.
Alright, so um, that was Flies by uh, Aaliyah Ray. Um, yeah, so, um, okay, um, anyway, so we're almost nearing the end of our uh, interview here on CITR 101.9 FM, um, Blank Vinyl Project uh, Radio. Um, so, I'm just gonna just play another uh, to give you a taste of more of a taste of the good in everyone's EP. We'll play one more song. Um, I Skip guess down the stairs. That was one, that's the one that Laura sings. That'll give a little diversity to it, maybe. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we could play uh, "Skip Down the Stairs" by uh, the Good in Everyone. Uh, all right, here it is.
All right, sweet. Um, yeah, so that was um, Skip Down the Stairs by The Good and Everyone. Um, yeah, so that was a different vocalist for that one than the other tracks. Oops. Yeah, that was Laura. Um, so she's our keyboardist, and she mostly sings harmonies on songs, but there are a couple where she sings lead, and uh, just to switch it up. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so she was in Mercy Years as well. And, uh, yeah, she has, a, she has a great voice, and she has a good ear for harmonizing, and um, she's just sort of, like, an awesome person to have in the band. She's a great friend, and she puts up with the fact that she's the only female in the band yeah. <laughs> really well. Um, I know that can't possibly be easy. It's probably good that there are going to be two women going on tour <laughs> as <laughs> opposed to just a whole bunch of guys and Laura because um, I'm sure that that can't be easy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you. it's good to have, like, the female and male sort of, like, contrast in vocals. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, and she's a very good pianist, too. And, um, yeah, it's it's been great with both projects, having her in the band, um, because I, also her approach is quite different from ours, I think. Ben and I sort of figure out our guitar parts just by sort of playing them or she plans parts out more and it's it's a good contrast so that's good that's good cool yeah so um yeah so uh, laura yeah laura's vocals and then piano and then we have yeah. jameson who's his drums drums and okay. ben who's sort of lead guitar and i'm sort of rhythm guitar although we sort of trade rhythm and lead parts um yeah, Laura's on keys and sings, and our bassist is our usual bassist is Luke Creighton, but he uh, can't come on tour because he runs a construction company. So Patrick from Aaliyah Ray is filling in on bass for us, and I'm filling in on bass for them because they don't have a full time bassist either. So oh, okay, did you have any? Did you ever have any guests come in to work on? Did they? Did you have any guests come in to work on the album with you? Uh, so Adam Sharp, who was in Mercy Years, recorded one of the guitar tracks in uh, Skip Down the Stairs. Because that was originally a Mercy Years song that I had written, um, but Mercy Years fell apart before we had a chance to record it, and so I sort of took the songs that I'd written from there and brought them to the good and everyone. Um, and yeah, so he contributed to that, and that was awesome because he brought some really good guitar parts. Ben and I have had to try to figure out how to make two guitars sound like three guitars live, <laughs> so that we can make up for the absence of his guitar. Um, but it doesn't always work perfectly. We've done our best, though. Mm. Cool. So, is it do do multiple members of the um, the band write lyrics, or is it just sort of? Um, I I write all the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, usually, what happens is I sort of have the frame of a song in terms of cho chords or a rhythm guitar part. I work with Ben on it. He writes a lead guitar part, and I add the melody, which I usually have in mind when I'm writing the rhythm guitar part. Um, and we just sort of piece by piece build the song from that original just sort of base of chords um, and yeah that's what seems to work for us that's what seems to be the most collaborative um, it's easy for everybody to focus on their own part if they can hear it in the context of the rest of the song whereas bringing a song I found and then just being like hey guys here's the rhythm guitar part Jameson you write drums while Ben and Laura and Luke figure their parts out just becomes kind of a mess very quickly yeah, and um, doesn't really take advantage of everybody's talent, I think. So, okay, sweet. Yeah, so um, 
it's pretty much coming to the end of our interview here on a CITR 101.9 FM, UBC's uh, premier radio station. Um, and this is Jacob with uh, Blank Vinyl Project Radio. Um, I'm here with Nick from The Good and Everyone, uh, who you heard interviewed today. Um, the Good and Everyone are literally about to start their tour tomorrow. They're... Uh, they're going to be at the Fox, which yep. is in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood of Vancouver. Yeah. So it's yeah. the 7th and Main. Um, it, doors are at 7.30, show's at 8.30. Uh, four bands, it's $10. And yeah, you should come out and check it out. I promise you that it'll be enjoyable. And the Fox is a great venue. And it looks like... Um, <laughs> it looks like it might sell out, so I would get there early. <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah, yeah. Be sure, to, be sure to check that out. And then also there, of course, their uh, debut EP... The Good and Everyone is uh, up on Bandcamp, thegoodandeveryone.bandcamp.com. Um, and, yeah, it's it, like we discussed, you have the option to pay however much you want, which is good to have. Uh, so check that out. Be sure to support these guys. They're a local band from here in Vancouver. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was good to have you on. All right, so uh, see you next time. Blank Final Project Radio. To understand more about fashion, we asked CITR student executive and fashion expert Jonathan Q what fashion means to him. Like, it's just aesthetically something that's so ostentatious. Typically, typically. I mean, because of course, I mean, it's also, you know, I mean, when, when you say fashion, I think people are talking explicitly about uh, consumerism as opposed to someone who buys, like, uh, like, you know. <laughs>